the bench with Dench. I'm your studio host, Denny Rittenhouse. Welcome to another edition from the bench with Dench. Your host, Denny Rittenhouse here. And uh, a quick reminder before we dive into today's subject matter, you can find all the back episodes of uh, the bench out on your favorite streaming service. We're out there on Spotify, Apple Plus, Amazon, TuneIn Radio, any of the niche players. You can find our back episodes. And uh, first time back on the bench in a few weeks, I uh, want to thank our guest last month, Dennis Schutzenhofer, uh, the umpire, coach, cardinal batting practice pitcher, uh, jack of many trades, and a very entertaining hour we had with Dennis last month, and thanks him, and thanks for all the positive feedback we got from that episode, and uh, uh, we continue to get some uh, um, listens and, and feedback on the Frank Colston episode from two months ago, so th thanks to all for tuning in and keeping up, and uh, we're going to take a little bit of a diversion from sports uh, today as we... Uh, dive into the world of toy photography and um, uh, the unique world surrounding that and specifically into the uh, Star Wars genre and uh, we've got from uh, my research one of the best in the business uh, sitting at the uh, bench with us right now and uh, uh, known as the Wretched Hive on Instagram. Uh, not a uh, newbie to the bench, though. Uh, Grant and Hole, our guest today, was in on the NCAA pick episode we had uh, earlier in the year, and he was quite the novice sitting in the room that time. But I think you fared better than everybody else in the room in, in the end in the uh, picks there, didn't you? Yeah, I, I did all right in the end, I think. I, I changed some of my picks from what we discussed on the on the pod, but uh, it ended up not working out. Because I picked North Carolina, Yeah, I yeah, think, North and, Carolina. Oh, it did. And I, I ended up changing that, uh, which wasn't a good idea, but... Well, you did it because the so-called experts in the room were laughing at <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's exactly why I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry for steering you wrong. Yeah, also sorry. joining us, um, also a, a repeat guest, uh, he was in on our first episode of uh, From the Bench on the Super Bowl uh, edition, I and mean, that's uh, Justin Rittenhouse, my son, joining us in case I need some help here. Um, Star Wars, not, not, not why well, I'm a, a, a pretty good fan of it. I'm not the passion, in-depth expert that, that uh, I watch you and Grant kick around uh, every weekend, dang near, as far as uh, uh, some, of the, some of the stuff. So I, just in case I get lost, or to chime in whenever you feel like Justin. Uh, yeah, I'll be the resident translator of, of all things nerd <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I will need that, that's for sure. So, so we dive in today. Now, like I said, you, you were the novice in the room on the uh, uh, NCAA picks, but not so much today when it comes to Star Wars. This is a true passion for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> so so let's, let's go back to the beginning. Um, the, what's your first Star Wars memory? Well, that's the funny thing is that I don't really remember not having Star Wars in my life because my dad showed me the movies on VHS when I was like three or something so like from that moment on it was like an obsession so I don't really remember like watching it for the first time even I just like always remember binge watching it every day as a yeah. kid you know what about it's, you Justin that's it's very similar I remember I more remember playing with the toys yeah as a little kid than the first time I saw a movie or anything. But I, when I played with the toys, I knew who I was playing with. I knew what they could do. So I had seen the movies, but I don't even remember 
seeing him for the first now, time. Just, you know? just to give a frame of reference to, to the listeners, uh, Grant born in the early 90s, you in the early 80s, I saw the original on its original release, so, so I'll, I'll date my age there. Um, I, I do vividly remember watching Star Wars at the drive-in, um, at a drive-in, and so, so it was cool. And we went back several times that that first week or two to to kind of take it all in again. And and um, I don't know how you guys feel about the special effects from those first uh, one or two uh, movies, but um, I. It was fantastic stuff at the time. Obviously, that's what, what what caught it. But uh, do you look at that compared to today's movie releases and think uh, how cheesy how cheesy it was, or no? Yeah, it, it holds up in your mind. In a lot of ways, I think it's it holds up great because it was a lot of practical stuff. Like it was, it's really the prequels that have the early CGI stuff that doesn't hold up as well. But like the seventies and eighties, they were doing stuff with practical. There's you know, there's the obviously dated. There is some. There, there, I, I always thought that when it was set to stun, and you saw the blue loops, it was weird to me that they just faded. Yeah, like it just it, like they had a range and they just yeah. stopped. But it's some of that stuff that gives it like a charm, I think. Yeah. Where it, it, you know. So, and to answer your question, no, I love that. I love the special yeah. effects from the originals so much. That's you know my favorite effects, really. Yeah, that, that was mind blowing stuff for yeah. for me as a kid. Teenager, and, and honestly, a lot of what they were doing back then is similar to what I do with my photography. Well, I, I was going to ask that because they, they had to stage a lot of the sets. And yeah, they stuff. For, they use they use miniatures for, especially the space battles with the ships. Like all the ships were miniatures, so they shoot the ships. They were sent. They look like toys. Like if you look at the behind the scenes. Uh, pictures and videos and stuff. It's like they have like a toy Millennium Falcon that they're shooting on a blue screen. And so it's similar to what I'm doing, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah, the, stuff. When the, most of the most of those special effects, like you said, it, it, it wasn't anything super challenging. Like a lightsaber isn't that hard. Yeah. It, I mean, the way they did it then and the way they do it now isn't that different. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost the same. It's, yeah. And it it that part holds up, and that's the part that's yeah. Most incorrect. When you think of Star Wars, you think of lightsabers, and they yeah. did nothing. They didn't need to change anything with that. Right. Now, like the Rancor in the first one is clearly that kind of stop, stop motion, motion yeah. and it's 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 a little rough. It's like the uh, the gatekeepers on the Keymaster and gatekeeper on Ghostbusters. They it doesn't quite hold up. It looks a little cheesy yeah. when it's mixed in. But again, that's it's, kind of that charm. It's the charm. It's, yeah. it's, it was exactly how it was done back then, and yeah, you can tell it's fake now when you look at it, but it's still like, it's still cool. Yeah, it's still a scary looking beast. It's still a real practical thing. It yeah, was there, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know. so, so let's let's segue a bit into the toy side of things, and yeah, you know, now for me growing up, um, it, the the '60s was dominated by war, and, and GI Joe was probably the biggest action figure going at the time with the the little green man and I, I played with him endlessly uh, growing up and uh, you know it transformed then into into other things um, when you're talking about little figurines and, and Star Wars captured the market pretty rapidly after um, the, the release of uh, the first two movies and especially the third really really piled on the end um, I know that was your first experience with the toys. Was uh, 
know, getting the big job of the hut set and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you remember getting into toys? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the like 1995 or 96. They like relaunched the Star Wars toy line for the first time since like 1983 or whatever. Um, so it was like the perfect time. Like I was like, you know, three or four years old. And my dad went and bought me like a whole like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and all those. So I had like a collection again before. I don't even remember getting them. I don't even remember opening them. I just remember having them forever. And so yeah, I would play with them all the time. So so you ripped into to the packages pretty quick at, yeah. at that age. Yeah, same and I had, yeah, I had the huge Darth Vader case, and you opened it up, and each one of the figures were yeah, in there. I see and, that, yeah. The Ewok Village and Jabba's uh, Lair, like those were the things I, I remember setting them up. And I did a lot of playing with the Star Wars toys, but also G.I. Joe's because they could pose and move so yeah. well, you could hide them. And yeah. It's just kind of like, well, these guys are, <laughs> they're in Star Wars right now, yeah. too. Yeah. This is Snake Eyes, and he's a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> So you continue to collect, or, or did you or, or continue to buy them then as you grew up? Or did you like take a hiatus um, in the building the collection? Or? Yeah, I, I collected, you know, basically for like the appropriate ages the kid would play with toys. So like the prequels came out and then they had toys for those and I was still a young kid when those were coming out so I would get to all the toys for those. and. It was kind of, Revenge of the Sith was a lot, I only got like a couple from Revenge of the Sith, and then by that point I was like video games and other stuff, sports, and and then it didn't really happen, I didn't really start collecting again until The Force Awakens started, uh, the hype machine for Force Awakens started going in like 2015. I was in college and I just like, you know, I'm like, I, I guess I kind of want a Darth Vader or something to put on my bookshelf, and I looked on Amazon and there was... For like you know, 20 bucks, there's this Darth Vader and Han Solo uh, action figure, and I was like, eh, why not? And then I'll only get these two, is what I was thinking. <laughs> and then flash forward a few years, and now I have like hundreds and hundreds of them. So, yeah, it kind of it picked back up, and, and I, what was that, late college? So, you know, I didn't collect at all from age like 11 to 21 or whatever. So, so. You still open all the packages, obviously, to, to post your figures and everything. Do you have some that you're like, eh, eh. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of, I, I buy a lot of them, and I, I the ones that I, um, like this one, I mean, it's a video, it's not a video podcast, so listeners won't know, but, like, this package right here, it looks exactly how they looked in, like, the 70s, with, like, you know, the mm -hmm. design and everything, he, he knows, but... Um, so they look cool on the wall, you know, like the, they just aesthetically look nice. So there are some that I'm like, you know, I have, you know, a bunch hanging up in my walls and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a mix and, and, and I buy some and to open only and buy some to, to keep on the wall. And then I buy some multiple times because I want them open and on the wall. So it's kind of a mix. And, so, you, so you get a little built-in depth. Yeah. So, so, and, so and you never kept any as far no, as a, you should have yeah, absolutely <laughs> should have uh, hindsight I mean I collected 10,000 baseball cards mm -hmm. uh, growing up but uh, not one worth a penny yeah I feel that way about but, I, I had a, a very modest like probably 40 comic books that's it but all of them were like 
I wanted them. They were good ones. Yeah. They were some were old, some were new. Spawn number one, like yeah. some of that stuff. It was just kind of like Image Comics was coming out, and I got that. I remember those old Star Wars toys. I remember the old GI Joe toys, and the old. I, I thought the old Voltron toys were fantastic because the characters could go into the lions, and they all assembled, and it beca- and that was cool. I had the Voltron castle. Had some Thundercat toys. Remember the sword and oh, yeah. and that and and those things. Yeah, I, I really wish I still had yeah. them. They're yeah. so cool. Yeah. And, and not just like I know they're valuable, but more um, they're just cool. They're, yeah, it's just cool to have those yeah. toys. The toys now just some of them go back and replicate what was done then. But like the Transformer toys back then, like it looked like an F sixteen and it came out mm-hmm. and it was Starscream and it was such a cool. I mean, yeah. But I, I always found some of the beauty of Toy Story, of, uh, and when that first came out, just rekindling that feeling that you had with with those toys yeah. that they they demonstrated in, in the movies, and that's why why it was so successful because mm-hmm. they tapped into a feeling that everybody can relate totally. to. Totally, yeah. And in uh, doing some research on this this project. Um, I, I came across a guy in the industry named Johnny Wu. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah. Um, but he, he's a big toy photographer out in L.A. Mm-hmm. and uh, does a lot with the movie industry. And he had a quote that I found really fascinating. And he said, toy photography is like a loophole to allow adults to continue to play with toys. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought, boy, I bet that resonates with you. Absolutely, yeah. I've thought about that before. I'm like, it's... I mean, essentially, what I'm, I'm not like, you know, going pew pew and all yeah, that right, stuff. Right. It's just, but it is essentially like, where can my imagination take these action figures and like, what can I, you know, do with them and what kind of scene can I create in my head and then try to make it, you know, represented in a photograph. And, and absolutely, it's it's basically adults playing with toys yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, but but in a, a somewhat meaningful and respectful fashion. Yeah, and, uh, uh, and it generates a lot of excitement. I've read the comments on a lot of your pictures. Uh, you're you're generating excitement yeah. with, with what you do. But uh, I get ahead of myself here a little bit. At what at what point? And now uh, you know. In, in full disclosure, you're married to a professional photographer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that had an impact on you wanting to go down that path, or or at what point did you put did you marry the the camera to to the toys that you said this is something cool. Well, definitely. I mean, I don't know that I ever would have gotten started if I didn't if if I wasn't with Shana because I I she gave me one of her old cameras and old lenses and all this stuff, which is expensive stuff, and I don't know if I ever would have taken that leap had it not just been given to me you know what I mean yeah. like because I, I had I started collecting like I said in 2015 and I think it, I want to say in like 2017 like early 2017 is like when I first started taking the pictures and I and I I, I like I, I don't think that I would have ever even tried to do it had I not had access to the equipment did did some of the I, I remember and it's been a long time so I don't I don't recall I might be off with the timeline but you had an app on your phone at one point that you used to kind of do some of the stop motion stuff and you, you had a, a, a toy pull out the lights yeah I did across. do that that was one of the earlier was that things before I did. you got that camera I think I first started messing around with my phone yeah so I really I did start because you know phone cameras everyone has that so like that was my first sort of you know, I dip my toe in the water, I guess, with that. And then from there, I was like, hey, can I just borrow one of your cameras? And 
maybe I can make these look a little better. And then from there, I just took off, and I'm still using that camera. It's very much like the, the pictures you take, it, that, that comparison to Toy Story is extremely valid from the standpoint of when you watch some of those Toy Story movies, there's like an action sequence. Like the train's running away there and the cliffs are coming through. And it's all very real. It's this is the background for this scene that's happening. And then it cuts and you see Andy playing with the potato head and the cliff is the side of the bed. Mm -hmm. And that very vivid, realistic landscape of everything you're imagining this thing is, is how I played with toys. Like the Lego building that was here and the the G.I. Joe's and the, the castle over here and just... They weren't castles in, in a Lego building. It was, you know, an armed fortress right. guarded, heavily guarded by, you know. And and what your pictures do is take that kid's scene of here's this setup of this guy's just going to go and mow these people down. And now there's an actual backdrop that matches what the imagination wanted there as the kid. Yeah. And it's 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 it manages to have... An appeal of, of nostalgia when you watch it of like God I remember playing with some of those things but then also oh that's like that's, that's what cool you pictured scene. in your head that's, yes yeah. that's what I that's I oh it would be so cool if Luke would have just tore through yeah yeah I think that's exactly what I'm doing in a yeah. way. like I'm like you know doing a lot of the same things I did as a kid but then now I'm like trying to make it look as real as yeah. as I can you know yeah you're you're hitting the bar Going back to the passion for Star Wars, were you a, a got-to-see-it-on-the-first-night release um, as they started releasing them again through the years? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would, as soon as I could possibly could get there, I would, I would get there, yeah. Yeah, and you two probably went to some together. I know you, you're pretty no, much the he, same he way. has much higher standards. I've... Once, once the once the the latest set of three came out, I have the wife and the kids and the work where I couldn't just haul up and leave. So I saw him at the lorry with bad sound and bad and burnt. It's like, how can you watch it? That <laughs> go to an IMAX. That's this is what it's for. And yeah. I'm like, I'll see it in the IMAX. I'm going to see it like ten times. Yeah, <laughs> my first viewing has to be the highest yes. possible. Yep. Standard. Yeah, he's he's got the the nice seat, the good snacks, and the sound <laughs> vibrating the whole yeah. room on a screen that's yeah. bigger than our house. So, do do you remember the first time you went to a Star Wars movie? Yeah, well, I kind of do. It's very vague because they in like '97, I want to say they re-released the originals. Especially they did the special editions, um, and my dad took me to to see at least the first two. I don't remember seeing Return of the Jedi, but I remember seeing A New Hope and Empire in theaters being really young. But I do remember, like I, re- I do remember seeing you know the Star Wars logo pop up and then the, the opening crawl and everything, and I remember that being an awesome feeling, you know, because I'd only watched them on VHS at home on a yeah. CRTV or whatever. Now is, is Ron as passionate? As, as, I mean, not as passionate, but he definitely loves Star Wars, and he he shared that with me, and that's so you know, that helped light the fire. A yeah, absolutely. Bit for yeah, because yeah. yeah. he had the toys too. I mean, he had. You know the original night from 1977 or whatever. Like, yeah. and I played with his. When I was going to those movies, go when you go opening night, and and I I, I think it's kind of cheating how they've now made it like, hey, we're going to start at Thursday at seven yeah. instead of that yeah. midnight, midnight showing. Yeah. And 
because that midnight showing is as close to a comic con as I've ever been, and it was yeah. it was incredible. I remember I remember rolling up with uh, Aaron Durbin and Kirk Lindenfelser. Um, were were I think I went with Aaron, but Kirk was there too, and and he had gotten tickets to a different show, but. It was the entire Edwardsville Theater, and it started at 12, 1201, 1202, and it depended on what show you got, and the lines were wrapped around, people were dressed up. When awesome. when, when Lucasfilms comes up on, on the screen, just absolute thunderous applause, everybody knows what's coming, and yeah. it's, I mean, it was, it was a magical movie experience. It's, it's still goosebumps. It was so much fun. And then, you know, you heard a lot of people crapping on those prequels and being like oh those just weren't nearly as good that was still the best experience I've ever had in a movie theater was Phantom Menace it was electric yeah. it was so much fun and it made me enjoy that movie and nothing really ever took away from that even Jar Jar Binks that everybody hates on I, I never found Jar Jar more annoying than C-3PO right <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're right there as, as what they annoy yeah, the annoyance level is for me. You get that kind of thrill and excitement when you go to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I, the, when the prequels are coming out, I didn't, I never saw them in midnight showing because I was just too young. Like nobody would take me, you know. But um, yeah, Force Awakens was like that too. Even though, like you said, it was really technically Thursday yeah. night at seven or whatever. Yeah, they're still dressed up. But, but it was still really exciting. I mean, it, I exactly what you said. It was just like a great atmosphere and, and yeah the only the only thing that's ever come close to it um was uh harry potter movies a midnight showing of harry potter and they did the same thing where they didn't it was a midnight showing it wasn't a thursday and you know some dork got up and yelled expecto patronum at the screen and shot his <laughs> wand at the screen and he timed it perfectly perfectly <laughs> <laughs> the next thing that next frame that came up was the the, the start of Harry Potter is like wow what wow. a dork <laughs> but that was also a, a great experience you just don't get that with a, a whole lot of movies where the fan base is as passionate as they are with Star Wars and uh, they take the time to make it a, an enjoyable experience for themselves and if you go you're gonna have fun yeah. if you're not a big Star Wars fan you will be yeah. like when you come out of there you're like oh, that was still a good time so, so this next question I really don't know the answer and I'll turn to you two as far as if, if you ask a hundred people are you going to get a hundred different responses or in the the passionate world of, of Star Wars is is it pretty consistent on the same answer which one's your favorite movie well, I, well, I think it would actually vary a lot with people but I, my favorite's the original A New Hope the first one um I go back and forth sometimes between that and Empire Strikes Back, but A New Hope to me is the most nostalgic probably, and also like it just stands alone as its own movie, more so than any of the other ones I feel. So uh, I, if I'm ever just like, if I can only ever watch one ever again, it would be that one. And for me, the, 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 I think the, the right answer for most people is Empire. That's the quote-unquote right yeah. answer. But for me, Return of the Jedi was awesome. Yeah, it was Luke. It was yeah. It was, oh, he's finally a badass. Like it was <laughs> like he's fun looking and walking in like Johnny Cash, all in black. Just yeah. 
Yeah, this strolling is, into jobs. This is where I fall off the the knowledge train, if you will. I can't keep straight after those first three. Right. You know what's what, and I watched them all and loved everyone that I watched and appreciated. But I, I have a hard time sorting it out. Um, but but yeah, the the Return of the Jedi is the one that jumps out at me the most. But but typically it falls back to one of the original uh, three for for mm-hmm. most people. It's like, man, that's the one that, that lit the fire. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. That's that's good. I think a young there's a younger generation now that's starting to become you know they're a little younger than me, but they they're really passionate about the prequels. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who would say like Revenge of the Sith is their favorite. So it's it's changing a little bit whenever you ask the question. But <clears throat> I thought Revenge of the Sith was fantastic. That, that that lightsaber duel, the yeah. was just yeah. the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> was, the prequels had some incredible. fun, like that and the Phantom Menace with Darth Maul, and you know I, yeah. I was obsessed with that. See, and this is where I can't, yeah, I fall off. I can't, I can't remember <laughs> one from the other. Yeah. But I, and um, um, when COVID first hit, um, my wife and I watched the whole series. We watched mm-hmm. all the movies, and. Um, um, and I realized then what a novice I was because it, it took me watching, and I don't know, this, this is where uh, um, I, I show my ignorance a, a little bit, but I fell in love with Yoda in, in one of those movies, and I'm like, I didn't realize what a badass he is. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, and you guys probably took set me straight up. Probably Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah. Attack yeah. of the Clones when he fought Dooku. Yeah. He uh, strolled in and knocked out Anakin, knocked out Obi-Wan, and then Yoda comes crutching in. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I was enlightened, and uh, it, yeah. it kind of lit a spark in me, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't see this coming. I knew people loved him, and I thought it was just because he's a cute little <laughs> cute little thing. I was like, whoa, no, no. But as, so so you, you look at the characters, and, and um, you have a Mount Rushmore of um, who your favorite characters are. Yeah. Good or bad, you can put any of them on, yeah. on the mountain. What you know? Who's who's going to be included on that first run? Well, it's it's Boba Fett is my favorite character, um, so I'd put him up there. And now I can say that. Like I used to be kind of shy about saying Boba Fett was my favorite character because as of a few years ago he barely did anything. <laughs> no one, you know, he was just in like. When was he introduced? Is in nineteen eighty uh, Empire Strikes Back, but he was. You know, I mean, he did a, his biggest role was in Jedi. Yeah, up to that, uh, up till before. Right, yeah, he, but he was that. essentially a minor character that looked cool. Was all he was, um, and he had a cool toy. But now, now with the Mandalorian and, he, and he's got his own show and everything, I can kind of confidently say, like, yeah, he's my, I can, my favorite character. But um, I, Boba Fett, I think the Mandalorian is up there now. Like, I, I'm obsessed with that show. Um, so I would put him up there, and then I'd go Darth Vader, and then Luke Skywalker probably. Yeah, that's. I wouldn't put Boba Fett on mine, and, right. and not Mandalorian either probably. But I would Luke and Vader for sure. Ahsoka Tano would be on mine, and then I think Yoda would be my fourth, probably. It's a good list. So, <laughs> <laughs> I related to Han Solo the best. Han Solo just barely didn't make my. Yeah. I think Han Solo a couple of years ago would have been on mine, yeah. but he got bumped out by the Mandalorian. Yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> I hear a lot of people root for Chewbacca too. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. It's uh, and yours. Uh, what was uh, the? Was that a gal you mentioned? Right here, Sokatano. 
Yeah. Yeah. She will have her own show soon. Soon. Yeah. yeah next year, maybe? Yeah. But the, she was a character introduced in the Clone Wars, an animated series. Um, her teacher was Anakin Skywalker, so that was her master. And, you know, obviously he became Vader, and so she's got this odd connection with prequels yeah. and... Yeah, and, she's uh, a fan favorite character yeah. for sure. And fun fact, Danny, her uh, the voice actress for her um, a woman named Ashley Eckstein, and she's married to David Eckstein. Like that. Cardinal legend. <laughs> Loop it back to a sports team. <laughs> Nicely done, Grant. Nicely done, yeah. Um, uh, Eckstein, of course, uh, Cardinal hero in 2006, I believe it was, um, yeah. World Series. And... Um, I don't pulled a series MVP there. I think he and, did. Yeah, he had a, mm-hmm. a short-lived tenure with St. Louis, but it, it was popular, and he he was just then starting to um, either just got married to her or, or was dating her at the time he was mm-hmm. in St. Louis. So so yeah, cool. Yeah, cool connection there. Yeah, of course James Earl Jones, famous for for a voice in uh, um, Star Wars. Any other voice? voiceovers that, that jump out at you over the years. I, I know the guy who did Chewbacca just recently passed away, right? Yeah, uh, yeah a couple of years ago, yeah, Peter Mayhew. There's uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Is, is the voice of uh, uh, Kanan Jarrus, or Doom, yeah. um, in, in uh, Star Rebels. Wars Rebels. Yeah. Um, he, does, he does a pretty good job with that. I, I've just been a big fan of, of Rebels and, mm-hmm. and Clone Wars in general. I thought those two series were fantastic. James Earl Jones, I had the opportunity uh, when I was at Illinois State for a very short stint. Um, he spoke at a hall, and I got to go see that. And, and um, he talked about his life growing up and how he had a stutter and how he didn't have a voice. And, and there was a teacher, and he called her out by name. I don't recall who it was who, who worked with him and helped him get over that those issues to, to become... A, a voice everybody yeah. on the planet has most heard. Iconic voice yeah. Ever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it probably is most. And it was it was really cool. And 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 he wasn't. He took time afterwards to do a Q and A. And some people talked about the the first, very first question was about Field of Dreams, which was neat. And uh, he goes, I intentionally asked you the first question because he goes, I could just tell where the next you know fifteen questions were going to go. So let's go ahead and go there. It's fun. And he was gracious enough to sit there while just nerd after nerd after nerd <laughs> asked him questions about Star Wars, and he just he talked about different things that, that happened on the set and, um, and how he was, you know, working through some of the, the stuff and how how it kind of came to him, and it was just an absolutely fascinating speaking event. It was one of the funnest things I've now, ever does done. his voice sound like that dramatic in person, it or is, is he play? It's impressive. Really? It is. It, it's just. It just reverberates in yeah. your head, like as he talks. It's just, uh, it was it was really cool. But yeah, and it, it, him doing it, giving his speech, it was like a forty-five minute speech. He stood up there and talked, and you get heard. I mean, when somebody would cough, you'd be like, "Shut up!" <laughs> I mean, it it was just yeah. absolutely still as he told his story, being kind of you know his upbringing. But it is it's just such a captivating voice. You, yeah, it's it's awesome. Visiting with the Wretched Hive on Instagram, Grant and Hole. 
the uh, grant what what inspires the idea then I mean, when you you sit down you say I, you tend to release uh, a photo about one a month maybe yeah it's I would say on average yeah one a month yeah. I've done two already this month, which is rare for me, but I don't think I did any in June. So, yeah, it averages out to about one a month. Yeah. And, and is that from inception till till final, or is it like you take a break for a few weeks and then decide? Yeah. Uh, I guess what I'm getting at is what's the, what's the time frame of an idea in your head to getting that perfect shot? Uh, it, it can kind of vary a little bit. Like yesterday, I just I, I did one and, and I did it in one day. I had time and I, I set it up and took the picture and edited it all in That's one that. day. Um, yeah, yeah, the whole Adobe one, yeah. Um, so that was, which is kind of getting more and more rare now, but it's, most of the time it's like a week of like set up, take some pictures, and then go, okay, what do I need to change? about this like sometimes I'll take the picture I'll put it into Lightroom which is where I edit the color and the, that's before I do Photoshop but I, I put it in Lightroom and then I kind of look at it and then I go okay what doesn't look right about this what looks right about this and then I'll go back and do like reshoots basically but to go back uh, take a step back and, and idea as far as like where the idea comes from is sometimes I'll have an idea in my head I'll have like an image in my head I'm like oh it'll be cool if Boba Fett is standing in a doorway at a cantina and all the aliens are looking at him or whatever um but other times it's just like i want to take a picture i'm going to just mess around with my dioramas and see what i can come up with okay this looks cool who wouldn't fit in this diorama okay this is like an imperial thing let's say it's obi-wan fighting his way out so put obi-wan there have some stormtroopers and he's killing or whatever so for, for the novices listening diorama is your set yeah yeah i have i have a bunch i've collected a bunch of different uh set pieces basically like i have tatooine which is the desert planet i have a bunch of different buildings and walls and stuff that work in that setting and i have um some like imperial building walls and stuff that i can use for like a the Death Star or, or just like an Imperial base or something. Now, is some of that stuff you put together or is that stuff you purchase? And Both, yeah. I've, I've just recently started making my own diorama pieces, um, but I can only really do like Tatooine. Um, it's, it's fairly easy to, to, to make that out of uh, like insulation foam. And I, I paint that or I, I, get, I put some spackle on it and I paint it. And uh, so that... I can do with those, but with like imperial stuff, I that would be I don't know how I would make those. So yeah, I've purchased those years ago, and so I, I, I mean, if you go into my, I have a closet in my my office, which just the walls are just filled with different diorama pieces that I can use and stuff. So um, I I also make props and I'll, like I'll have 3D print um, some crates or something, and I'll paint them up and weather them, and just for background, you know, set dressing basically. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of a mix of both. Interesting. Then, uh, then you, you, you take that image that's in your head and you start playing around with it. And, mm -hmm. uh, uh, at what point do you, you, you get the camera out? Um, how many clicks typically before first to finish project? Is it like <laughs> one to a hundred, one to a thousand? One uh, to it's a lot. It's, yeah. it, I, I take a lot, probably more than I even need to. Cause I could just like look at it in the viewfinder, but I'm always just like snapping and um, I figure why not um, I'll just delete them if I don't want them but uh, I would say a few hundred 
yeah. per shot. And then, like, I'm always I'm taking a picture and I'm like, okay, what what do I change change here? And then I'll um, move some stuff around or change the composition a little bit and just continue. The digital age certainly looks exactly. Yeah, I don't know to, how to yeah. this that would have been rough. Uh, uh, absolutely. Back, even just 20 years ago, probably. Yeah. 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 All right. That's cool. Now, now, all your stuff indoor? Yeah, I've never really... There are people that I follow that do outdoor stuff, and they, you can get cool lighting and stuff in, in, with outdoors, and I've thought about it, but I, I just enjoy the control environment of being indoors, because then you're fighting the light and everything, and you're, you know, stuff gets dirty, and it's, I don't know. I just enjoy controlling it all. I have the LED lights. I can, I can simulate daylight... Yeah. For the most part. I mean, um, it's a little harder to, if I want to get like a bright daylight shot, but um, yeah, I just enjoy controlling the all the light. Some of the, some of the coolest posts that you have on Instagram is, is, is where you've got, you know, you look at the shot and it's it's incredible and you look at the next shot and it's kind of this backdrop of the set and then the next one, which is the full set, it's a little video clip. Mm -hmm. Those are some of my favorite ones and it reminds me talking about indoor outdoor there's another person who has a tiktok account who did the, and it showed you the the yeah. image it's they they took stormtroopers and 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 put them in just a mud puddle essentially but it came out looking like they're you know trudging yeah. through vietnam or something like they're going through high marshlands mm -hmm. um and it's just all the video was was a, a step away view of, of the camera and the people in the mud and zoom into it and then the reveal of the actual shot and it's millions of views 2.3 million views and i'm like grant get a tiktok i know i try, <laughs> I, I tried to do it and i am just i don't have the patience i guess because i i made one video and was like this is similar to the one you justin showed me and i got like three views and i was like what the heck <laughs> but i just there's, gotta keep yeah, doing there's it. A, yeah there's a whole art to who you tag and the yeah, things i yeah, I, 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 I know very little yeah, yeah i know very little about about that but yeah um yeah, it's it's really cool to see that behind the scenes, because when you look at it, I think as a testament to how good the, the shots are, I think a lot of people look at it and just think it's a movie. Still, they like look at it and they're yeah, like, that "Oh, that's from." Yeah. Well, I, I was passing some of your work around the other day among some uh, family and friends, and that's exactly what they said was they they asked that. So this. There's a movie still he captured. I had to explain to him yeah, what what <laughs> the it was he did, yeah. and uh, the people are people are fascinated by that yeah. uh, aspect of it. Yeah, I definitely need to to get uh, uh, start doing like behind the scenes videos more, like you were talking yeah. about. Like that's a lot. I always get that people are always saying they love those. Or a time lapse if you set time up the lapse, entire that's, diorama. That too, yeah. That's, I would need to buy like a stand for my camera or my phone to like, to, you know. Yeah. But I, I have thought about that and I definitely need to do that because that's, people like to look at that. So. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of adds to it. And, and it, it gives the reveal of how complicated the thing that they're looking at really is. And that's, you know, something a lot of people take for granted. There's a, there's a guy on, on TikTok who uh, sketches black and white using charcoal, graphite, and, and erasers and that's it mm -hmm. and they look just like black and white pictures and if he just posted the picture you'd be like hmm, kind of a neat picture yeah. but as soon as you see the time lapse of him drawing it you're like that's insane yeah. and it's kind of the same thing if you, you look at some of the shots that you've done it's like oh that's cool yeah. a lot of work goes into it yeah. and you don't even think of yeah. like 
how how impressive it is that it was set up and any after uh, after shot yeah. effects that get added. Yeah, that's the other well thing is that blending I need to line. also and I started doing I did like a before on my recent one I did a before and after so it like shows the unedited yeah. and then the edited, which I like doing. But I want to go even further and like like uh, I guess record my my Photoshop session essentially so you can see like what I'm doing to to yeah. add the effects and stuff. I've seen people do yeah. stuff like that with pictures and I think that would be cool too. Have you been commissioned for anything yet? Commissioned? No, but I've I've sold prints before. Yeah. yeah. I have a print in my house. And if you take it, if the listeners look at look up Wretched Hive and you take a look at a a group of people gathered around R2 staring at their cell phones while they're charging them off of R2. <laughs> we've got that print in my office on a on a yeah. Laser etched metal piece. It's one of my Thanks favorites. Again it's for, so cool. For that, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like, it's it's Banksy ish. Yeah. In, in its in its kind of statement, it was it was really cool. It's truly like some of these, like like when you see it as a, a, a scene, like and it looks like a movie still. It's you know capturing your imagination. It's doing that thing. And other times you look at it and and you can you can do stuff like that. You have the. Uh, uh, what's her name? The armor. The yeah. armor from the Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just like cool, cool stuff like that. That just when I have those kind of ideas, I those are those are fun. I don't yeah. do that kind of thing very much anymore. But I, when I when those do pop into my head, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. Kind of fun. It's, I mean, it's just a statement. I mean, it's yeah. it's such a cool cool thing to like look at it. And just it's not just this is an incredible set. It's also oh yeah, that's crazy. Like. It almost could have been the R two shot. Almost could have been, if those movies were made now. Yeah. You seeing that behind, like, all right, cut, and they're wrapping for the day, and you see them all still in their costumes, staring at their phones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> could have been that. Yeah. Now, do you cool do you, How do you get into your special effects? So you, to, to, you have to research. How do I make light do this? Or well, no. You just play with it, maybe. I yeah, I'm pretty much self-taught with Photoshop. Um, like I said, I start by taking the photo that I took. I put it in Lightroom, and then what I do in Lightroom is I kind of adjust the the color and the light, a little bit brightness and contrast and that kind of thing in there, and then I make it look somewhat and that's not the final product though so i'll look at that and I'll look, okay this is ready for photoshop and i transport that into photoshop and that's where depending on the picture you know it could be more in depth because like the obi-wan shot that i just did had a lot of special effects it had, i had to do his lightsaber i had to do the, the laser that he's deflecting and then the it hitting the chest of the stormtrooper so sparks are flying off that so that one took hours to do um other ones i just in photoshop will kind of just uh, kind of make it pop more basically like I'll use I'm mean, not to get in too into the weeds but like there's tools in Photoshop that I can use to like brighten characters and, and make them mm. the light that's hitting them look more vibrant more um, I don't which know, goes like when you're holding the lightsaber and you need the the bluish yeah. hue going off their face well I try to do it. that in camera most of the oh, time oh really yeah like I like the Obi-Wan shot I had a I have a, bl a blue LED light well, nice. it's RGB, so it's any color I want it to be, but I made it blue, and I hung it over his face, so it was, like, out of shot, but it was putting blue light on him. That's awesome. Yeah, so. But I, really what, cool. what I can do in Photoshop is I can enhance that, so I can make yeah. it look even better, and that's what I did. Do you, do you use any other kind of props, like a 
flour for snow or, or I have before rain or something like that. Yeah, I've used I've done the flour thing once. Uh, that was a couple. That was a year and a half, two years ago. It's very messy, but it, it does create a good effect. Like it does look nice. Um, trying to think what else. I've never done rain. I've seen people do rain before. I've wanted to try that. You can just take like a spray bottle and just spray it. Yeah. And it'll come. The the droplets are small enough to where it'll look like rain. Um, yeah, but as far as like special effects like that, I mean, I use a lot of. Uh, I've used uh, fake moss that I bought at like uh, okay. hobby stores and stuff to create like a dirt and grass yeah. platform, you know, setting. So, yeah, I like messing around with that stuff, but it does get messy. So, <laughs> what about like, where are you finding like little trash cans? I might be wrong. You might not have a shot with trash can, but for some reason, I'm thinking Wolverine and an alley. Yeah, and my, like trash with cans my Marvel stuff. stuff. I haven't done Marvel in a long time, but I've. I think I probably just bought that because they make like miniature for like people who's like toy house like like those like, like doll, houses, doll houses or something. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like they create furniture. Yeah, they have all paint it so it doesn't look quite as. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I have a few props like that. I have some barrels that are definitely not Star Wars barrels. They're yeah. like real world barrels, but I don't I don't really mess around with non Star Wars pictures very often anymore. I, but I have a whole collection of stuff for that too. If I ever wanted to take another picture like that. You see yourself branching like that at some point? Do I what? You see yourself branching back Well, I have. I've, I've done some Marvel stuff in the past. That just In the past year or so, I've just sort of focused in on Star Wars. So. Wretched Hive, wretched dot hive at Instagram.com? Yep. Is that where you find all yep. your... Wretched your period hive. Yeah. Okay. So, do you have a favorite scene just a favorite still or, or moment from a Star Wars movie that you're like, I've got to regenerate this. And and one of them I read, it might have been Johnny Woo again, was the sunset scene. And, uh, That's a good one. Yeah, yeah I'll chop the name up. You said it already, Tutwani or something. Tatooine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I did something here today. No, yeah, I, you know, I don't. I don't like ever try to like recreate an actual still from a movie. I, the, I, the only one I've done I can think of is that one with Darth Vader in the Tantive Four hallway with all the. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the closest I've ever come to like recreating a scene. So I guess that one stood stood out to me like to, to the point where I wanted to recreate it. But um, as far as like what inspires me to create my own sort of things, it would be the Cantina scene in A New Hope. Is definitely just the the mix of different weird aliens and just like a, a whole world it was kind of the moment in star wars where you're like oh my god there's like a whole world of different weird characters and stuff and that's kind of where i i gravitate towards i think it's just like the weird that's scumbag aliens basically that's a great shot go out and look at grant's work wretched.hive Instagram and as a testament to how much he really does like that Star Wars cantina scene, if you notice the shirt that he's wearing, he's wearing. Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a figure and Dan the modal dogs shirt from their tour. <laughs> so. so they were in the. You call it cantina, I say bar. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I have a few other things jotted down here, um, but 
We did the Mount Rushmore. I, 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 I also, one of the things that I, I'm curious about that I think you should explore that I think would be really fun. Um, you, you talk about the, you know, the cantina scene being this inspiration. I think drawing inspiration on some obscure, weird fan theories that are out there hmm. and bringing those things to life would be really cool. And, and the example in my head is, uh, you see, um, in the Senate scene in one of the prequels, I don't recall which one, but you see E.T., you see his yeah. species down there. Yeah. And then in the movie E.T., he's moving things with his mind. Well, E.T. is a species that's already established to be in the Star Wars universe mm -hmm. because of that, and because he's doing this and he's doing it with his mind, a Jedi E.T. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, that's how he was doing it, it was with the Force. I mean, if they ever were to make an E.T. figure that were in yeah. scale with all mine, I absolutely <laughs> would do that, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting connection. Maybe there is yeah. something out there, I'll look into it. If you had to choose, and I this to both of you, and I, again, my ignorance really doesn't know the, the right or wrong answer here, but if you had to choose, join the Rebels or live the Imperial life? I would join the Rebels. Imperial, I don't think it'd be fun to be an Imperial at all. <laughs> There's a constant, I mean, if you them. imagine the most stressful job you've ever had and, and realize that if your boss happens to walk by you and not like the way you're doing it, you might be killed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that there's an entire collection of rebels who they don't care that you're, you know, following orders and cleaning out the bathroom stall. If you're doing that on the Death Star, you're about to be blown up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an easy choice. <laughs> That's yeah. consistent with uh, the answers I found online yeah. uh, to that question. Yeah. <laughs> you guys pass that one. Yeah, and then and and, and the and joining the rebels if if that's if that's uh, an experience you want to have. There's an entire ride at Disney that is just that to join the resistance, the rise of the resistance ride. You can experience what it's like to live the the rebel or resistance yeah. life. And it's really fun. It's, it's <laughs> the best ride I've ever been on. They hit the market that part. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. Um, you're a repeat customer. Yeah, I've been twice, there, yeah. And uh, you're, you plan to be. Yeah. Uh, Almost so. as soon as we got home, we started planning to be a repeat yeah. for that ride. And that ride is worth the price of admission. It's, it's an incredible experience. Yeah. And I went into it blind, which was on purpose. I, I intentionally did not. I was like, yeah, I'll do Rise of the Resistance. I have no idea what it is. No idea what to expect. No expectations whatsoever. Nothing nothing was even like remotely spoiled for me. Other, like The closest was you guys saying, oh, it was incredible. You absolutely have to do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to hear anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do it. I don't want somebody to yeah. tell me. Because I assumed when they said an experience, I was like, yeah, oh, this is, I, I had know, seen a little bit when I when I wrote it, but not not the full thing. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely a it's very, a must. Cool. It's a must ride. Yeah. Ride. Are they doing it justice as far as um, all the new series and stuff? Uh, Mandalorian. You mentioned uh, uh, another one. Uh, are they keeping up? Or are they keeping it in the standard uh, in your mind? at a high level with these programs? I think so, yeah. I mean, like I said, The Mandalorian is probably my favorite Star Wars thing since, like, the original trilogy. Like, I'm fully obsessed with The Mandalorian. Like, it's it's up there in that upper echelon of Star Wars for me. And I know a lot of people kind of, the Book of Boba Fett wasn't everyone's favorite, 
but I still loved it. Um, and I, thought, I thought Bad Batch was incredible. Yeah, Bad, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, the animated shows are all great. The last season of Clone Wars was... Well, that's fun. I, it segued into the next question I had was, um, do, does it hold up in the, in the animated uh, world? Yeah, they, the, they're... They walk that tightrope beautifully. Yeah. Between four kids and four adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... I think overall they're doing a great job. I know there's a lot of naysayers, I guess, out there about the sequel trilogy, but I enjoyed all those movies, too. Like, I had a great time seeing all of them. Like, I... I'm just... I'm easy to please with Star Wars, I think, so it's it's not... Um, it's going to be rare for me to go, oh, that was bad, I didn't like that, or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm pretty much always going to love it. And... Like I said, the Mandalorian, I just happen to like be obsessed with. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm very similar. There's rarely anything Star Wars that there's the occasional episodes of the animated series that I'm just like, ah, I'll never watch that one again. Yeah, but that's kind of a testament to how good most of them are. Is I watched it and I watched it once, and I'm like, I'll never watch that one again. Most yeah. of the episodes I've seen multiple times. Like, it, yeah, it's it's a. You know, I'm gonna eat a bowl of cereal. I'll yeah, just throw I, on a quick episode of Rebels yeah. or. When I'm working from home, I I, uh, I just like I have my laptop set up and I just throw on an episode of yeah. Boba Fett or something, and I just just to have on in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, I think the animated the the animated series everything they've done from an from the animated perspective, in my opinion, has been very close to the same level as Avatar. Uh, Last Airbender series was all of the Star Wars animated do that same have that same feel of each individual episode is great for a kid Mm -hmm. but there's just this thread of a story that's going through all of those episodes that's not for a kid that's yeah it's it's a more sophisticated cartoon than you know yeah some of the other ones that are out there yeah I agree so have you tagged I'm sure you have it at some point, Hasbro or Mattel or Kenner or, or stuff with yeah for these the photos Hasbro. you take. Yeah, I do. I'm trying to get their attention. Nothing yet so far. Yeah, you got a favorite toy manufacturer? Someone well, Hasbro is the only one who does Star Wars, so it'd be it'd be them. Yeah, I think Mattel has like DC and, and other. You know, they they Hasbro bought Kenner, I think, at one point. And so they, they still put Kenner on their, their packaging yeah. just as like a throwback to this style of packaging. Um, but it's all Hasbro. So, and yeah, I tag them and I try to get their, I don't know what would even come of them. Maybe they, cause they do send out free product to people. Yeah. Um, and occasionally they've hired people to do their photography for, for, for marketing and stuff. And then, you know. Is that, is that an aspiration though, or is it? Uh, I, I really don't want this to become a job. I, I'm, I'm afraid I'd lose the the passion. I've thought about yeah. I mean, like, I wonder how it would change for me if if it were to become like not even a full time job, just like you know something I had to do for a corporation or something. Right. Like then I would be like, mm, now I'm not as this isn't as fun anymore. But I mean, I'd still love to give it a shot if if they ever reached out or ever you know if it ever happened. Yeah, if the big bad corporation of Disney reached out to you and was like, hey, we want your help with some marketing with, with the toys that we were yeah. licensing to Hasbro. And yeah, I think I would, I would, I would say, uh, yes, yes, please. And, uh... Yeah. The, the, the thing I, I'm curious about is 
they so Hasbro makes all the Star Wars toys. Are there individual artists like I know like Todd McFarlane does his own toys sometimes and will sculpt mm-hmm. them out and that's the model that they use for you know some toy that's coming out. Do they do something similar with um, with Star Wars where there's a special series and maybe it's Hasbro, maybe it's just this licensed artist? Are there good um, kind of one-off pieces that? Like customs, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole community of people that make customs yeah. using existing, like, bodies and parts and stuff from other figures. And I've even done it myself with Mandalorians like this. I've, I've painted my own, and I put them in a, in a shot I did a couple of weeks ago, that one with all the Mandalorians hanging out, basically, at the covert. Um, and mm. I've, started, I've started getting into that a little bit. It's fun to, to paint the you know designs and stuff and try to create your own characters but there i'm a novice at it I, i'm just learning there are people out there that make really awesome they're good templates for 3d printers to yeah 3d start modeling yeah and, that's another thing yeah 3d printers is a huge thing and, and that's something i've been meaning to look into because they're not really that expensive especially if i'm trying to print stuff that small mm. i wouldn't even need like a high powered one um, and that would be i can print parts and and uh like props and all kinds of stuff and yeah so i was thinking like c-3po's leg or, or his arm you can yeah instead of painting it you could yeah print it out yeah so i had a jim ronnett um neighbor next door record collector uh on uh, the bench a, a, a couple times here recently and one of the things jim does uh, quite frequently to keep his hobby uh alive and his, his passion alive is is a 10 and go out to different, you know, even yard sales, garage sales, local conventions, local things. Um, hmm. uh, do you do you do that from time to time? You go out and, and look for stuff at, at like uh, thrift shops or or local convention maybe of uh, some or, or aspirations to go to Comic Con and, and and things like that to to develop the. Yeah. Um... There's actually a, uh, there's a frequent toy show in, in, I think it's like Bridgeton, Missouri or something like that. And I've been to that once or twice and, uh, that's pretty cool. And I, I bought a couple of figures that I've used in photographs at that toy show. So I, I don't get out, I don't get out to those kind of things very often, but I do enjoy them. And, and as far as like flea markets and stuff like that, like the kind of thing that I use in my stuff, I, I just have doubt that they would be there it's more of the older stuff usually and that doesn't always look as good in photographs so back when i first started collecting again i was kind of just like scattershot like anything star wars i was like oh this yeah. is cool this is cool but the past few years i've started to zero in and focus on what i really like and and it's usually i just buy it online and yeah it just comes to my you know, so, doorstep uh, much easier yeah <laughs> yeah right and, yeah and, and, as far as that goes and, mm-hmm. and finding what you need to chase that passion yeah what what's next on the horizon for the wretched hive well like i was saying i'm getting more into um creating my own dioramas um and, and customizing my own characters basically so i just want to keep on doing that and take pictures with my own try to make it as much my own creation as possible like I, I i like the dioramas that i have that i bought over the years and stuff but i want to i want to 
my pictures to be 100% created by me, like everything in them, basically. So I'm, I'm working towards that. Hopefully I have a bunch of uh, materials and stuff. I've been working on creating some more diorama pieces. And um, yeah, I'm going to just keep on working on that, keep learning how to do that. And Is there... It so from from what I can tell right now, it's it's purely passion projects. It's something you enjoy doing, love doing, mm -hmm. and you're not like aggressively trying to monetize it. Is no. there a a plan to after you've established the base of however many images you feel like represents a good you know gallery to start marketing it as NFTs or. Um, well, kind of have that media behind it to try to support sales of, of prints or... Yeah, I mean, I guess I can push prints harder. I think that that would be something maybe I can try. But as far as like NFTs, I don't even think legally I have any grounds with like... Because it's all... It's not my IP, so... Yeah, like I kind of wondered about that. I wondered if yeah. it's such a gray area. It's, it's kind of like... Um, um, yeah, it's, I wonder it's if it's like a Spaceballs thing yeah, yeah. where you kind of can say, no, this is parody or this is, yeah. you know, whatever, and you're completely protected yeah. under... Well, now it might not even be worth it. It seems like NFT is just sort of yeah. tank anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Then, at a time, whenever those were hot, I was like, mm, is this something? I don't know, because I, I didn't want to, like, get too into it, and then Disney, like, shut it down, yeah. you know. I, I kind of wondered that if that same thing applied to like an Etsy shop where you could say, "Hey, here are all my prints." And yeah, that that makes more stuff. sense, and I think I could get away with that. I don't think that they would care about that. But yeah, um, so how can somebody who who goes out to wretched hive at Instagram is wild about one of your pictures? And I read the comments on your pictures, and there's a lot of people that are wild by what you put out there. Um, should see what they, they say on Reddit. They can uh, direct message you. Yeah, I did. I right now I, I just direct them. I think on my bio on Instagram, I just say DM me for prints, and that's probably the only way to really get it going. Because I I would like to set up a shop somehow. I, I've thought about doing that, but right now I just do it through DMs, and then I can just order it and just have it shipped out to you. So if that's if that's something you're interested in, just shoot me a DM on Instagram. Well, it's been fun. This has been educational for me. Anything mm -hmm. else to, you wanted to cover today that, that I might have missed? or? I don't think so, but thanks for having me. Yeah, Justin, thanks for jumping on. Yeah, been, happy uh, to be here. The Wretched Hive, Granton Holt, um, uh, and his other passion. The guy is uh, um, full of passion in life. His, you look at uh, his, his passion for football, and full disclosure, Grant's are defending champ in our fantasy football league That's right. that we have amongst us and so so he, he chases a few passions in life football being one of them but uh, uh star wars um and, and the uh, toy photography behind it uh, as well being another passion it's been fun tapping into that um as always you can find um, um episodes of uh, the bench on spotify and uh, your favorite streaming services, Apple um, Plus and, and uh, Amazon and all the, all the big players. You, know, you can find the bench. Just uh, do a quick search on From the Bench with Dan Scranton. Holt, thanks again one more time. Justin, uh, thanks. It's been fun. Our next episode, we'll get back into the sports theme. Uh, Highland football coach Jimmy Warnicky joining us in a few weeks. And so... We'll get our, our appetite wet for uh, not only high school football. Uh, Jimmy's got 
players all over the college landscape right now and uh, uh, hopefully a few in the pros before too long because uh, he's got some talent that has been cultivated in his program. We're going to tap in. Justin, I know you think he's the most passionate football person you've ever met, yeah. uh, right? Yeah. So, so uh, it'll be fun to, to catch up with Jimmy, but uh, enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll, we'll be back at you next time. Thanks a lot.